strange journey. Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good day. I'm Ron Kolick. Good day. And he's... Good day. He's Australian now. (laughs) What? Good day, Bruce. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. Ghost Chronicles, live from Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Sydney. Whatever. Yeah, so there you go. Anyways, hey, I'm Ron Kolek. Yeah, he's Ron Kolek. And he's not. Yeah, he's, he's New England's very own Van Helsing, the lead investigator of something or other. And Heartthrob. And and man with a strange clown statue toy thing. Oh, and, I'm so just cool. a, and I'm just a guy who's big in Japan. And you're listening to Channel Para something else. You might be listening to us on iTunes. You might have switched off, or you might be listening to us on the TuneIn app. There you go. I've done it for you tonight. There you go. Norwegian, the chat. Norwegian. Yeah, fine. Anyway, so uh, welcome back, Steve. I'm glad you could make it. And uh, once again, we have some charming weather. A little bit of rain will be coming your way very shortly, I'm sure. And uh, I want to. Thank you uh, for taking the time out of your busy questions, 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 questions to join me today. So there you go. <laughs> oh, you, you saw the uh, q and I did then on Paranormal World. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. For those who don't know what we're talking question. about. Well, well, why don't you explain what, what, what it is that we're talking about? If uh, people cast their mind back a couple of weeks or even use the apps uh, and play the show Dave Blank, who runs a Facebook page called Paranormal World, which is based in Germany, and is actually, it's one of the pages I think is pretty worth following because uh, it's full of news, paranormal, and periodically they did Q and A's with uh, different people, and it was my turn this weekend, so there weren't many questions. It was spread, but they were they were interesting and not run of the mill questions, so. Uh, I had uh, a stab at doing them on Facebook, um, which kept me kept me out out of trouble. Um, so that's to go into the zoo this weekend to see the giraffes. But uh, that's another story. Hmm. There you go. Hey, our, lo- so- our local zoo's got a big a big placard. Of the enclosures. I've taken a picture of it previously, um, and it's hunters of Madagascar. Thought it was in for a series, but sort of creep. Really? Uh, really? Uh, Steve, can you hear me? All right, Steve. Which one, Steve? Any Steve? Anybody yes, listen to Mike? <laughs> I can hear you fine, Ron. Thank Who's God. Who's Mike? Is squirrely. Uh, yeah. Lost me. No, I'm back. Am I am I okay. gay or am I gone? 
Anyways, joining us right now is uh, a gentleman from uh, Scotland, which is another part of the UK for temporarily anyways, and he is a spiritualist medium, and he's been on the show before, and he is another Stephen, Mr. Stephen Scott. Welcome back. Hi, Ron. Hi, Steve. Hello. Can anybody hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you, unfortunately. How? Yep. Oh, I just told Karina to redial me. Because uh. apparently... Anyways. Anyways, we, we want to thank you uh, for coming on again. And what, what's what have you been up to since the last time? You still uh, doing all your spiritualist stuffy things? Yes, uh, just trying to. I've been working with some of the local spiritualist churches quite a bit. I've had a few uh, what we call divine services, like in a full blown spiritualist service to do. I've had a couple of charity nights. And I've got another few charity nights coming up in the next few weeks. And a little church down in a small town called Presswick tomorrow. So keeping busy. Keeping busy. Presswick? Isn't that where Elvis went? I believe the plane that Elvis was on landed at Presswick. I think. Yes, there's there's some connection between him. Yeah, yes. Hi, Elvis. I went there once to see Cockle. Hi, Elvis. He's alive, living in Presswick. Huh. Is that in our world or in the ethereal plane we're talking about? It's a, it's an actual plane, an aeroplane we're talking about. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he, oh. he was on an aeroplane. <laughs> I, th- okay. I think it was during the war. It was sometime during the war, I think, when he was doing his thing. You know, it's really interesting. A lot of times when I talk with mediums and they'll say something, well, he said, and then I always ask, I always ask to qualify, are we talking a person or a spirit here? And that's not something you normally bring up in conversation with with people who are not mediums. Yeah, it's, but, uh, yeah. It, it, it's really no. It is funny because so many mediums I know they they speak of spirit as as the, if they were in our world and they were just you know regular people. And they yeah, are regular abs- people. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right, Ron. Is that uh, I, I mean they are regular people. They're still there. They're just not there in the physical existence that we recognize them as. You know, but all of the ones that are around us all the time. Broad. And the interesting thing, Steve, you talked about doing full-blown service. I mean, I didn't realize there were different types of services in the spiritualist church. Yes, you can have what is termed an evening of mediumship, which is usually just you'll get someone coming up, introducing the night, and then... A it's essentially just producing messages for about 45, 60 minutes. My local church in Kilmarnock does that on a Monday, where it, it gives people the opportunity to come in who maybe aren't interested in the more religious aspect of spiritualism, but are still looking for some kind of contact with spirit. So it gives them the opportunity to do that on a night that's not a full service. So it's, it's just a different way of uh, giving people the opportunity to make that connection. Yeah. And it's funny you said Monday and like I mean the spiritualist church like so many churches do the weekend as their service normal service time. Uh, some do, some don't. There's a lot of them. Uh, my own church meets on a Sunday. I can think of another six or seven others that have uh, either a Saturday or a Sunday service. Um, usually, the churches who are lucky enough to have their own premises that they've perhaps inherited from someone or been given can do a Sunday service but usually if it's if it's in a local 
you know, community hall or something like that, they might not be able mm-hmm. to get the Sunday every Sunday, so they take a weekday. I see. And, and the interesting that you, you brought up another thing is is you talked about uh, halls and stuff. I mean, so you don't really have a churchy church. Where, where I live, yes, we have, we have a full-time churchy church. <laughs> I'll, I'll use your word run because it's fantastic. Uh, it's a full-time church. Uh, it's... Uh, it's actually one of the oldest in the area where we live uh, and one of the most established uh, mm-hmm. but it's we have a divine service on a Sunday we have a, an evening of mediumship on a Monday there are development groups in place there are uh, days for healing there are uh, discovery groups you, you, uh, where people can come in and just have a play about with their you know Trying to develop psychically or trying to develop mediumistically, it's there's something on almost every day within the church and some evenings as well. Oh, it's interesting because you know, like I says, I you really don't think about it too much, uh, especially uh, you know the the church itself. I never thought. I mean, I I did think that they had a church, but I didn't. Re- so I mean, the churches are they? Boy, I don't know why I'm fixating on this. It's pretty bad. Uh, are they like? Old Anglican churches or old Catholic churches? Or no, were they, were they built built specifically for the spiritualists? Well, essentially, they are either old older houses that are able to maintain several rooms and facilities and things like that. Maybe you know six or seven bedroom, you know, two story houses that have been passed along the lines for a while. Or if some churches are lucky enough, they've bought them over and con- converted it into a full time church. Um, an example is you go into our church, you have a reception area there's a place for tea uh, there's a kitchen, there's toilet facilities there's a healing room, you go upstairs and you have a full size church area which is about 25 metres long by about 7 metres wide, 6 metres wide Uh, it has a full uh, elevated section for the chairperson and the medium to be working from Uh, you know we have we, as part of the SNU, we have our own church hymn books and everything. You know, we sing, oh, cool. we, you know, we sing hymns <laughs> quite a lot on really? some Sundays. Actually, yes, yes, we can go through a service with three, possibly four hymns. Hmm. So, Steve, did you know all this? Oh Are you yeah. Curious. You know all no, this? Oh no. yeah, you grew uh, up. Um. Yes, I grew up. Um, with spiritualism, and I have attended many spiritualist churches. Incidentally, uh-huh. that that some, as Steve says, some of them are um, dedicated buildings. Uh, others are uh, converted. Our, our local one here in West Wales is actually a former cake shop, um, <laughs> converted Sweet. into a spiritual. Yeah, and they hold their services. Say about five. There's about as Steve uh, said. There's different services and different. Um, uses for for different groups that meet, but the main service is on a Sunday is a recognisable, I guess, sort of quasi-Christian ceremony with him singing and um, but it does appeal to sort of a multi-denominational audience although they do all seem to be middle-aged women (laughs) I'm not touching that Uh, Are you talking about the Margaret Rutherford syndrome, Steve? Uh, what? Yeah, kind kinda. Uh, famous British actress who was uh, quite voluminous. 
Um, but yeah, the, I, I'm sure, is that the case, Steve? I mean, you know, I, I've only been to a handful of spiritualist churches, but the audience does seem to be a fairly uh, restricted demographic. You know, it does seem to be the, um, should we say, the middle, the, the middle to elder, elder years, predominantly female? Well, I've found it, it depends where I go. Uh, in my own town, we actually are starting to get a good mix coming in now with... It is predominantly female, I do have to agree with you there. But I think I find that the age band is now getting wider and wider. Uh, I'm just trying to think. The, the last service I did at Kilmarnock, we had everyone there ranging from about 16 up to, you know, I think, I think the, the oldest lady there was about 87. But mm-hmm. the, at the same time, there were a couple of gentlemen coming in and I'm finding that there are more gentlemen coming in who are willing to be open-minded. They don't just sit there with their legs crossed, their arms crossed, looking like they're about to, you know, run up there and start slapping you for talking nonsense. I'm finding <laughs> that there's a, lot more, there's a lot more men coming in with an open mind, and particularly some younger people as well. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a change in the wind or it's the, it's the kind of... Maybe the 60s are catching up with us finally, Steve. Do you know what I mean? And uh, everybody's just starting to get a bit more open-minded when it comes to things. But um, whenever I go to places like Glasgow, I actually find a, a, a massive difference in the demographic that attends a church service. It's, I've easily seen, if there were 20 there, you'd be expecting maybe one or two men. I've seen six, seven men in an audience of 20 sometimes. And uh, it's it's not becoming as rare now for you know the man to get a message on the night that used to be rare because he was a bit uh-huh. only one there sometimes you know <laughs> so it's uh, yeah I'm finding that there's a, within the past couple of years there's been a big shift from my perspective anyway and yeah. um, I I couldn't say what's causing it or but I just know it's a good thing. Ron, I mean America is the is the birthplace of of modern spiritualism as a yeah. religious movement. Uh, do you actually have many spiritualist churches over there in the U.S.? Yeah, they're not really spiritualist church. Well, yeah, they're spiritualist churches, but not churchy churches. They're, uh, you know, the buildings, as, as uh, Stephen said, uh, that are rented out for... Uh, I mean, there are several, like the one in Boston, of course, has their own, but... Uh, most of them are like in a, sometimes in a lodge or sometimes in a hall or, or even a, a private re- residence. The Scott, I, I mean Stephen, um, it, you mentioned twenty as a figure. Is that the, the normal size of the denomination? I mean, not the denomination, the uh, congregation. It, again, Ron, it depends. Uh, I've I've gone to some services in very small towns mm-hmm. of maybe, you know, only a few thousand people and had 50 people in an audience. And I've gone to large places in the centre of Glasgow and had 10 people turn up. It really just depends. Uh, I, th- I think that us Scottish can be very fickle, uh, particularly if it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, it just depends. Uh, it, it can vary as often as not. Our own church, I've seen, you know, evenings where we have 120 people in there and then there's other evenings you're lucky if you have 12 it just depends oh okay 
You know, I'm just curious because, you know, I'm not as familiar with the, the actual services as, as, as you are, of course, because you go to them. But so we never really looked into, you know, actual services. I've been invited many times, but I uh, have never really made the journey, unfortunately. But well, maybe should... that'll change when you come over here. I will well, be maybe... happy to do that if you wish. Yeah. I would be more than happy to arrange a wee service and we yes. can set something up. Because I know that uh, pastors certainly need some type of religion. Hey, what? You I'm know sorry, what? you still here? Hey, speak, speaking of, speaking of religion, uh, this yes. week the ca- the Catholic Church. Yep, two plus no waiting. Uh, well, yes, you see, but the thing is, you see, I've got papal blessings by John Paul suddenly become holy relics. Mm, that's right. So there you go. So there you go. So for yeah, somebody who isn't really, somebody who isn't down now. Yeah. Well, you know, I have got two papal blessings. Is it, is mm-hmm. it two? No, three. Three papal blessings. That's um, and a huge collection of religious iconography. So you can't call me lacking in religion. And also your own piece of hell. For, for uh, and uh, pride of place, but actually it's above a crucifix. Um, oh jeez! Um, Should I be below? <laughs> What's the matter with you? Well, below below it, there's about 19 more crucifixes, a black Madonna, um, <laughs> a bust of a bust of JC, and lots of lords and other uh, stuff. Yeah, and other stuff. Okay, there you go. So, so you know, for heathen, I'm not lacking in religion. Right, right. There you go. All right, so moving right along. Uh, yep. <laughs> when you, I mean, Scott, uh, Stephen, excuse me, Stephen, Scott, do you, when you do, you've gone on investigations, right? Yes. Okay. So is it, is it a different type of spirit that comes through in an investigation, or is it just the same old same? Well, uh, on the investigations I've gone on, in all honesty, the only spirits that have come through have been the relatives of the people I've been investigating with. Uh, ah. I, I don't know if that's just because I go to bad locations. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> on the whole, uh, I did a wonderful investigation. It was a good night uh, up at a place called Pollock House in Glasgow. It's quite famous. And I spent most of the night taking people aside and saying, you know, if, if anything comes through, do you want to hear it? Yes. And I brought through someone's grandmother, an uncle, a mother, and things like that. Um, what I did notice was that what you are able to pick up on, though, is just that 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 buzz that old buildings have. Kind of like just downloading information from the ether. That's how I'll put it. Uh, you know, a, it's more a psychic thing than a mediumistic spiritual thing for me. So uh, at the same time I was doing that, I was also working psychically with the investigation and I uncovered a lot of information I took a great deal of care not to look at anything you know that's the usual disclaimer but I can say it's true uh, before I went there and uh, I just got these sensations of a gentleman being taken out pulled out literally by a handful of people and for some reason I wanted to walk to the gate and I wanted to be killed further down the you know, far away from here and that's the sensations that I was picking up. This is what I felt happened to this man. And sure enough, it was at the end we found out from the guide, the tour guide, not a spirit guide. Uh, I just thought I'd clear that one up as well. Yeah, uh, very that good. The, 
a, a gentleman had killed his family there and the locals from Glasgow had charged out, grabbed him, take, taken him down to Glasgow Cross and hung him. Mm. So, but that wasn't a spiritual link. That was me literally just walking about and picking up stuff on a psychic level. So uh, you, didn't really, you didn't really connect with that spirit then? It wasn't, no, it wasn't a spirit. It was just a memory. Yeah, okay, that's what I was trying to get at. So that, that, yep. guy, that guy that was taken out and done what he was, wasn't there. No, I mean, yeah, why would he want to come back there? That's got nothing but bad thoughts and feelings for him. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I would be hoping they, he would be with his family and spirit, uh, you know, doing his thing, looking down at us going, what are you doing? What if he was grounded there and, and, and damned to walk the earth there? Well, Ron, I can't physically say I've ever came across a spirit who's grounded or locked to the earth. Nothing, ah. in my personal experience, nothing can stop a spirit. What I do find is that people can generate energy that replicates situations and issues that can be attributed to what I would call, you know, like ghost slash paranormal slash whatever mm-hmm. uh, activity. But in all my time working as a medium now and in development, I have never met a spirit that can be held in place, grounded because of things they've done. When we pass, it's the human part of us, it's the human that does the bad things. It's the human condition of living and learning through a human life and making mistakes, sometimes really bad ones. When we pass, we're no longer carrying all that human baggage. There is a period where we do have to transition ourselves to get used to not having all this negative emotion that human beings carry. But at the same time, it doesn't trap you in place. From my personal perspective, it does not trap you in place. There there are so many points of view. Yeah, we see, the thing is, what's Steve is something that I, I've mentioned before, this complete contradiction between two different mediums, because quite recently we were talking to a, another medium of the exact opposite point and actually said that, you know, what you what you are in the afterlife is exactly the same. You know, if you're good here, you're, you're bad here, you're bad there, uh, blah, blah, blah. And this is this has always been the problem, I think, with... Um, you're trying to research and explore the the spirit realm, the afterlife, is that we do get these contradictory reports. Um, you know, even from within spiritualism itself, going bringing back to there are countless hundreds, thousands of books written about spiritualism, and you know, uh, I've got dozens written, apparently dictated by spirit through living mediums, describing Summerland, describing the afterlife, describing what happens when we pass through death. Mm-hmm. And they completely contradict each other. And therein lies the problem, I think, because, you know, you think, well, you've both died, you've both gone to the other side, and yet you're both telling us two completely different pieces of information. How, how, how can we reconcile that, Steve? Well, I think it's, again, I, I can only speak from my perspective, Steve, is, is that it depends on, I feel, the, the mindset of the medium through which the information's coming. Because regardless of what comes from spirit, it has to pass through a filter, if you will. And that filter is the mind and the consciousness of that particular medium. Mm-hmm. So I'll, that's why I think you get a lot of contradicting information. When we come right down, if, if, if I can backstep slightly, when we come right down to what 
everything is about when you're working with a mediumistic link and when you're working spiritually. It's all about that unconditional love that we have as spirit. That's the one thing that never really changes. What does change is what then the people who are generating that connection place into the information that's presented. And I feel that comes more from the human being that is bringing the information across. Because even with the best, you know, if, if you try and imagine it as a radio, with the best radio signals in the world, you're still going to get some sort of interference at some point coming through a system. And it's no different when you're a medium taking that on board. I don't think that it's possible that we as human beings can lose everything of ourselves to let the information flow perfectly, 100% every time. There's always going to be some sort of aspect of us, our desires, our wishes, what we think gets caught up in the process, regardless of how deep we are in trance or not. I still think there's that. It's that safety valve that keeps us in touch with ourselves. So do you think it's, it's that we're governed by our laws and our universe whereas the spirit isn't, and that's why some, something is lost in transition at times. Yes, I think so, Ron, is that we are so grounded in this physical life that even when we try to forget about things, they tend to come back on us. You know, if we have problems, it's very difficult to leave those problems aside and focus on something else. So there's always going to be some part of your consciousness. We, we don't know enough about the human brain as it stands and, and how we process things. Never mind when we start making that connection into spirit. And then that spirit has to pass through that, that aspect of ourselves to try and get information across, which I find is, is why everything's so bitty at times when you work with certain mediums. You know, and I've, I've had that experience myself where you start to doubt what's happening and everything just breaks apart. In a, in a microsecond, it's everything that was working so well just goes. And then you need to learn to put that aside and try and take yourself as much out of the equation as possible so that nothing that's affecting you right now is coming across and what you're trying to deliver. That makes sense. Stephen? Yes. Uh, we've got a question no, the other in the chat room. Uh, we've got a question in the chat room just before we go to the yep. break. Has any of Stephen's relatives come through and how do you handle it if yes. that's happened? Yes. Uh, it's... I very often uh, have contact with my parents um, it's just a passing th sensation and they've got enough respect for me to know you know I love my parents very much that their presence can interfere with how I do things in life uh, simply because of the feelings that I had for them and uh, how you tend to handle it is that you, as a medium I can acknowledge that a part of them that passed with their physical existence lives on regardless of you know what's happened in the past and what they went through because mm -hmm. both, both my parents had a hard time of it that's all I'm going to say and uh, whenever I feel them coming close it's, it's like you feel the very best of them coming in minus all of the the, the kind of aspects of humanity that perhaps but not the strongest attributes. So it's, it's a feeling of unconditional love that comes very, very close to you. 
And okay, Stephen, I, I hate to interrupt you, but that's that's the platoon, so we sure. have to take a break right now. So we'll continue this when we come back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons, Ron Kolick, and uh, special guest Stephen Scott. And we'll be right back after the following messages here on Tojanet Pararex, Ghost Channel, Planet Paranormal, TuneIn app, iTunes, whatever. We'll be back. <laughs> Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be with remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased. We'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parax family. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolek, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And cemetery tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then.
Ah, there's the heartbeats, which means we must be back in part two of Ghost Chronicles International. There's no point in doing the station idents because Ron did them before we went into the break. But in case you missed it, you're listening to us on Togginet, the Ghost Channel, Para-X, iTunes, TuneIn, maybe even listening on a ghost box. And we have a question in the chat room for our guest tonight, Stephen Scott, uh, spiritualist medium. And Stephen, can you offer any insight into the spirits of sorts that aren't very pleasant? For example, Black Hat Man. No idea. And why we see and sense them sometimes. That's from Spooky Palooza. Yep. Uh, well, again, I can only speak from my own perspective, you know, and the things that I've experienced. And that's... I've, I've never experienced an unpleasant spirit. However, I have spoken to people who've come to me looking for a little bit of guidance or assistance who have encountered these forms of entities. Now, if I can move sideways for a second, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the book, The Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. And in that book, he makes reference to uh, a situation that occurs within the human condition. And what this is, is it talks about an apartment in upstate New York where a very prolific writer once lived and within that apartment the images and visions of this dark shape wearing a large hat could be seen flitting about from place to place now I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name who wrote the book but the writer who lived in that apartment was the writer who wrote the fictional character The Shadow and what I firmly believe and what I have experienced myself and what I've experienced when people come to me is that spirit has no negative force or impact whenever it comes through. Is that it, when, when you make a genuine connection with spirit, when spirit comes through, they come through with an intent of love. How we deal with that and how we interpret that information as it comes through can be quite different. Now, Depending on where we are in life and depending on the situations that we find ourselves in, it's very easy for us to generate our own negative forces round about us. And I often find that people who encounter and see, I don't know what Black Hat Man is, uh, but uh, people who encounter and see these negative forces are generally in a position where they're suffering stress, they're suffering issues, they have problems, some people have depressions, these types of things that can take place. As this energy starts to build, it takes on a life of its own, quite literally, until the point where the more people that see it, the more it's believed in, the more it's fueled, the greater that this force can begin to consolidate itself. But it's, it's ourselves that cause it. We are mm -hmm. the ones that create it. You know, and it's a, a good example is everyone who gets scared after watching a horror movie who think they see shadows on the walls and all these types of things. It's, it's very easy for the human mind. We, we fear so many simple things. Even the dark, it's such a basic premise of just how easy it is for us to become frightened. And within that, that moment, we can create our own negative energy. And from my experience, and having talked to people, it was, it was themselves who create these situations by tapping into the ambient energy that's in and around that area. They feed it, they force it, they make it grow. That then justifies it back to themselves when something does occur. And then the cycle continues. Yeah, you know, I find that 
difficult to believe in in my experiences because I have uh, faced and witnessed uh, some nasty stuff. I mean, especially working with Maureen, who's a trans medium, and there has definitely been some nasty stuff coming through. And we've had other mediums on the show as well, uh, and Derek Okura, for one, who who has said he, too, has faced this this darkness or anything on it. So, I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong, Scott, but I, I'm just saying that there may be other sides of this that you're not aware of or you you have built up protection to uh, of this. Well, what I'm, what I'm meaning here, Ron, is that I'm not saying it doesn't exist. What I'm saying is, is that when you encounter it or when someone else encounters it, it could already have reached a point where it's been giving enough substance by the thoughts and beliefs of others. If you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. But that fly, flies in the face of what the Catholic uh, Church also uh, believe, because they strongly believe in the uh, the uh, in evil spirits and evil forces that can possess and harm. But right, again, and, again, and I've, I've gone on exorcisms with the Catholic Church, so you know I I have firsthand witness to this type of experience. But that's I, I'm understanding what you're saying, uh, Stephen. I, I I do understand it. Uh, I might not agree 100%, but I do understand it. And, and that's why I said I, I can only speak from my experience. You know, I'm not pre- pretending that that type of stuff doesn't take place. I, I've walked into situations where, for example, the time at Pollock House, it, it was very unpleasant, the sensations that I got there. There was quite clearly a build-up of negative energy in that area. But I don't feel, from my own perspective and from my own experiences, that it was a spiritual, because I'm, I'm responding to the, the comment, can you offer any insight into the, into the spirit of sorts that aren't pleasant? I've never met an unpleasant spirit, but I have met unpleasant energy. If you can see the difference between, the, why I'm talking about the difference between the two, is that when we, the spirit within us, when we leave this life, we leave behind all of our negative baggage. However, that doesn't mean to say that where we leave it isn't affected by it and that someone else can walk into that situation and with their own psychic faculties pick up on that and fuel it and make it happen. That's interesting. Stephen, do you think, do you think that the, the, the medium uh, has a direct, a more direct role uh, in the way a spirit manifests? For example, if... If this, I mean, you know, humans, we like each other or we don't like each other, and it can, you know, personalities clash. I can you get that with the spirit world? Just sort of, I just don't like you, um, and I'm going to give you you a hard. Well, I know time. some of them definitely don't like me, so that's I can well, tell you that. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, I mean, is it that, or do they just play a straight game? You know, this. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. What I find is that when I'm working. I get a connection and sometimes, now this is very human of me, you, you'll, you'll have, have to give me a second to explain this, sometimes I'll get the impression, oh, I'm not making a good connection with this spirit because as you know, um, mediumship connection is three way, you've got your sitter, you've got your spirit coming in and there's yourself in the middle. And I often think, oh, wait a minute, that spirit doesn't like me because they're not coming forward. Now that's very uh, obtuse of me to say that because as, when that spirit comes in, it, it doesn't feel either way about me. Hate dislike, 
you know, is a human condition. This spirit only wants to get the message across. What I'm picking up on is my energy is not working with your energy because as your human aspects are coming through me, there are aspects that I don't like, therefore I'm rejecting them. If you see what I mean. Yeah. But so, can that not conversely work the other way around? Can you not get, you know, uh, because some mediums do actually say that we are the same post-death or, uh, as we are in of life. A lot of yeah, a lot of mediums. Can we not be in the situation where the, me- where the, you know, the, the medium is there trying to communicate, be it uh, on a form or be it in a haunted location, and the ghost is just peed off with them and just won't play ball? See, well, that, are, are we talking about a ghost now, Steve, or are we talking about a spirit? Well, I'm using the, the common parlance because if, if, right. you're, if you're on an investigation, then, then generally we're looking for, you know, the, the sort of universal term applies. Right, okay. Um, they are, I know that there are, in terms of investigation, uh, we are, we, they do tend to get lumped under the same headline. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, when I'm there and I'm working, I do not find any negativity coming from spirit. Uh, okay. I find the negativity is a human condition. As they start to bring forward their human elements so that they can be recognised, if you see what I mean, then you can start to pick up on information, but that's my own spirit and my own humanity reacting to uh-huh. the conditions they have. I, I, I'm not going to say too much about it. I had a gentleman come forward who wanted to get a message through to a member of his family who he had assaulted at one point. That's all I'm going to say about it. And I did not want to deal with this person. I wanted to push them away. But that was because the conditions that they were taught, uh, putting on me and the words that they were saying didn't feel right, but it's the only way I could get this out. Now, y- you have to deal with those situations very, very carefully. I didn't say what had happened. I just said I have a gentleman and I, I, and I, I put the information out there so that I could describe the gentleman and the conditions without actually having to say what had happened and just said, could the person speak to me at the end? But mm-hmm. now, when that spirit was coming in, it did not... It needed to get the message across. It needed to get to where it needed to be. And it needed to do that in the best way possible. So it brought forward the one thing that would make itself recognisable. I reacted to that negatively. Okay. Now, that's how a kind of spiritual connection can work. That's the most negative it's been for me as a spirit Uh connection. When I've been working in a a non... service type capacity and for example when I'm doing a ghost hunt if I go along to one what I, what you do get is you do get that point where you walk in and it's like slap someone hits you in the face with a baseball bat because there's been that build up of negative energy over the years that negative mass as, as it were just builds up builds up builds up for me that doesn't have a consciousness as such that it can say I don't like you but it puts that out to everyone that comes in its way uh-huh. it's People have fed it and fed it and fed it to the point where they make it almost like a almost like a tulpa. They fed it and fed it and fed it to the point where they make it real, and then bang, it takes action, and then it depletes slightly. Then it builds up, builds up, builds up, bang, and it, it just keeps repeating itself. So I've walked into that type uh-huh. of situation where you do feel as though you're being negatively attacked. Do you think that negativity might come from the actual investigators themselves with this it idea of? Building up the the fear factor and the 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 idea that they're dealing with something that needs to be dealt with, um, and and you know I, I've 
been on investigations, and one of the most commonly heard things that you hear the investigator calling out is, we mean you no harm, um, or threatening the, the ghost or spirit into action. You know, don't do oh. this, we will do this. If you want us yeah. to leave, does that, does that affect the, the, the interaction? Well, yes, of course. Uh, anytime you bring a negative thought into any situation, you lower the whole tone of that situation. And if, if you go into a, into a place where people have recorded activity, you, you may not even know everything that's going on in that location. There could be issues with, if it were a family home, there could be issues in the family you don't know about, there could be serious problems going on, and the family themselves had created that negative energy. It could have been there before they got there, and they're not prepared to deal with it. Then in comes a group of strangers who then start firing their own negative energy, you know. And let's face it, even raising your voice at someone, you know, pointing out their faults, you know, just and generally being nasty to people, it doesn't feel nice when that happens to you because what you're feeling is their negativity coming at you. You know, yeah, as we're, we're, we're all told to rise above it, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones but names will never hurt me. Well, that's rubbish because they will hurt you and they can hurt a lot longer. And we all know that psychological and emotional scars take a lot longer to heal. So why not psychic scars as well? Why not when people throw that negativity out and cause fear and create fear? Why wouldn't well, I find, that yeah, make a I find that interesting, worse? though, because what, you, what you're saying uh, is that, that uh, I mean, it's something I've seen. I've seen this sort of bombardment of, of the, 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 you know, the ghost of the spirit by the investigator. But you're saying um, that that in the spirit realm, we seem to retain our human emotions. But earlier you were saying that we, we, we sort of detach from our humanity and transcend that. But, you know, again, this, this, it's throwing this contradiction in that I'm having trouble getting my head around sometimes. No, I, I don't mean that, right, as spirit, we, we, we have no need for these human emotions. Okay, from my personal experience, when I first make that connection... It just feels like a pure, clear energy. It's like clear uh -huh. running water. As it wants to be recognized, the only way it can be recognized is by replicating its humanity so right, that the right. person that this is for can receive it. Otherwise, you're standing up in a room saying, I have a beautiful white light coming in. It's asexual. It's not telling me anything, but it feels lovely. Does anybody want okay. to take that? You know, where is... You know, I would say it's well, it sounds great, but whereas if I come in and I say, right, I have a gentleman coming in here, and this gentleman's making me aware of issues to do with his throat before he passed, and he's talking about cancer in his throat, and all this kind of, he's bringing in all these thoughts, and the only way he can get this across is by talking emotionally and bringing in the human factors, that's how he's recognised, so that I can go to the person that I'm supposed to go to, that's how they get recognised, but from what I feel that initial point of contact, it's just its like a pure, gentle, loving energy, Steve. I, I, I can't put it into words. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just it's the freshest you know, it does, sensation. Yeah. It does lead to the $64 million question, though, that I, I'm sure you've been asked countless times, and I know I've well, asked countless mediums. Right. If, if, they're, yeah, if they're trying to identify, why don't they just tell us their bloody name? Well, they do. It's the problem but they again. don't. No, but they do. Yeah, they do. Listen, 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 Steve. Listen. Okay, ahead, Steve. okay. The, the problem don't. here again is uh, I'll try and break down a communication here and let you know why sometimes things happen. Now, me personally, Steve, 
I have a terrible head for names. I don't remember people's names. That's a condition on me. That immediately breaks down that communication because we're communicating psychically. We're not just communicating on a physical level, we're communicating psychically here. So as this energy starts to build, it's trying to get through to me conditions with names. I'm a, I have a terrible head for names. So what I tend to find is, is that that doesn't click with me. You know, me as a person, I'm not good with names. So when they start talking names, I will get everybody around about them. I'll get their brother, their auntie, their uncle, their cousin, you know, their dog. I will really get the name <laughs> of the spirit coming through. Yeah. In fact, it's, statistically, I, I've, I've done services and sentences where I've, I've given out 12 names people have accepted. Statistically, I sh even if I was guessing, I should have probably got close by that point. You know, and that's without a John or a Mary <laughs> coming through, you know. So it's as that energy starts to kick in, at the same time, there is me in my human existence trying to work out, can I work with this energy? And then trying to fire questions out to them. Who are you? Where are you from? When were you born? What age were you when you passed? What was your condition when you passed? Where were you when you passed? Was there anyone around you? Who's your family member? Who are you here to see? Where, where did you first live? You know, what kind of type of car did you drive? Give me something. Give me anything. Show me your house. Show me your uh -huh. hometown. I'm bouncing all this information up. Meanwhile, they're trying to talk to me. And you need to keep getting these questions out there because in doing that, you're fueling your own energy. You're actually raising your own yeah. level of vibration so that you can get to where they are. A good medium doesn't just sit and wait for it coming to them. You know, I'll make a joke, Steve. It's, it's, it's the old strategy that's put Scotland out of every single World Cup football game in existence. <laughs> we try and kick the ball up the field and someone hopes it's going to get to them. You can't do that as a medium. You've got to be, you've got to work to get at least halfway to try and get your energy up so that it's easier for them to come through. As this information's coming through, you don't catch all of it. They're working on a much higher level of vibration. And the best that we can ever hope to get, from my experience, is about halfway there, you know, short of popping your clogs on stage. You know, the best thing you can ever do is just get halfway there. So that information's coming in fast, furious, and it's, it's very difficult to latch onto sometimes. And that's why it can come through as quite bitsy. But you'll have seen this in some churches where the more the medium starts to pick up speed and starts to talk, they start to get into that level of power and the information becomes clearer and it becomes sharper and it becomes more accurate. And then it'll start to taper off again as the medium starts to pull out of that connection. Yeah. So it's, I, there's so much it, going on at once. It makes sense, but, you know, and, and I, I hear Ron say as well that you get names, but, you know, in my experience, maybe I'm just unlucky, but you, you see it all the time on, on, on TV also. Um, I'm getting a J, a, a Joe, a John, a Julian. Oh. It, it, it just looks like fishing. It can be. When you see that, and I agree with you, that is fishing. You know, I, I, that's not how... You should, you should come up here to a couple of churches, Steve. That tends... You don't get away with that up here at all. Yeah, you see it down here, though, sometimes. It's a no-go. And you do, you do always see it on the, you know, with the TV mediums. Right, well, um, no. I have to say is that if, if you come up to Scotland, that's a stoning offence within any of the churches. You, you, <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, you can't just, you know, I've got a J, can anyone take a J? I've got a P, can anyone take a P? It starts to sound like an episode of, what do you call it? <laughs> Blockbusters. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, Blockbusters. But it's, no, how I work is I go into, I meditate before and I'll ask my guide, whom I've said before I've never really met, I just ask out and say, right, send the first one in and ask them to get them in line. 
and I'll get yeah. an image of a lady or a gentleman or whatever, and I'll ask for some names and some information. Then I ask for the next one, the next one, the next one. And that's the order I do it in. So I don't even know who's out there. I'm in a room on my own. I don't know who's out there yet. And then I'll go out, I'll start the service, and I'll start to bring forward again the people that I've already got lined up. And that, uh, that, that I, seems to work for me. We're we just about out of time. So before we, we do that, I do want to uh, ask you once again, can you give out your website for everyone, if anyone gets to get, get a hold of you, and, and uh, if you have any events or anything coming up? Sure. It's uh, www.stephenwkscott.com. Okay. And uh, if if people want to reach you, they can reach you through the website? They can get me directly through the website, Ron, yeah. Okay. Now, I, we just got a couple of minutes left, and, and one of the things, you were talking about your parents before we got cut off on the break, and uh, you said you were closer to them now that they passed than when they were alive. Is that because they've, they've lost their human baggage? Is, is that what you were saying? Uh, it's... More that I'm in a much better place within myself to experience them as as they were. You know, it, when my parents do come in, they come in and immediately all the memories that we've ever had come flooding back, not just the negative ones. And it seems to be that when they come in, I can I can allow them to tap those memories and bring forward those good memories for me once again. Uh, and that's why it's, I say, I feel much closer now than when they were here with me. When they were here with me, I was so wrapped up in my life and everything they were going through that all you ever see is, you know, the kind of negative aspects of life and the the, the troubles that are in front of you at this moment. I think we tend to forget all the good things that we can right. go through in life. So when they come in now, it literally, I, d- I don't have them coming in and I, and I get a sensation of, or I remember any of those moments of sadness. It just feels a very subtle closeness. Uh, it's going to sound crazy, but almost like I'm a child again, and I'm safe with my parents because they bring forward all the good memories. Oh, that's cool. Now, your wife is also a medium, right? She's not a medium, no. She works with angels. Oh, I take that back then. My bad. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, how does that work? As far as your relationship, I mean, do you, just, have, do you have arguments between like the spirits and the angels? No, not at all. Oh no, no, <laughs> not at all. I, I mean, as a spiritualist, we we acknowledge uh, the ministrations of the angelic realm. As as a spiritualist, it's actually one of our seven principles of spiritualism is the ministration of angels so it's no there's there's absolutely no arguments at home there's no you know you know my dude's bigger than your dude type of thing that happens. <laughs> uh, angels do tend to be a bit clearer and a bit higher in vibration i do have to say is that it's a much clearer vibration it's a much more you know closer to source vibration than just than just spirit that's not demeaning it in any way but it's um you know being spirit and being part of that human cycle uh it's not quite as high up. <laughs> I suppose it's not quite as high up in the spiritual chain if you want to think about it that way. Yeah, you you know there there are greater forces out there than just ourselves. You know, there's I have a firm belief in, you know, a God force, a source of all creation, and the ministrations of everything that came from that. And I, I 
as a spiritualist and as someone who practices spiritualism as a religion, you know, that's... If, if these angelic beings and vibration... I know I got the pizza bell. Uh, but if very, very quickly, if these angelic beings, entities exist, then there must also be the yin and yang, the evil, the uh, demonic. Uh, there you go. It's an energy, Steve. It's not... Uh, it, it, there, there, there is a balancing force in all things. You know, I, I, I can't yeah, that's go, why I was clear to say the yeah, 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 I, I, I can't take that away from me. It's, it's how we perceive it. We use the term angels because that's how we perceive it. You know, it's purely a label that we've put on it. But that energy has both positive and negative aspects, but it's not a negative aspect that we could look at as a demonic thing, if you see what I mean. It's purely a manifestation of love and life uh, that functions well, on a much more pure level. When you come over here in September, we'll show you a little bit of the uh, unlove and unlife. Yes, that'd be interesting. Yeah. The Walking yeah. Dead, as we like to call them. <laughs> yeah, that's called the coffee machine in the apartment. Yeah, it's, it, why was that bad? No, it just it, it just had a mind of its own of a morning. Did it really? Uh, anyways, uh, for those who don't know, Stephen, uh, both the Stevens are coming over here in September, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, there'll be more details very shortly on this whole thing. So, anyway, so Steve, you anything, uh, Steve uh, Parsons, anything you want, would like to finish up with? That would be you, Steve Parsons. Steve Parsons? Steve, anyone? Yes, I'm here, Ron. Ah, I think we lost Steve again. Oh, well. Anyways, uh, I'm look, looking forward to meeting you and your wife. And yep. uh, I think we'll have some great discussions while you're here, too. We're sitting back. Uh, oh, you do drink, I hope. Oh, I, I, I'm interested. A wee bit? Ron. A, a wee bit, right? <laughs> Just a wee bit. I'm, I'm Scottish. <laughs> That's all yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> so we can have some great philosophical discussions over yep. uh, spirits. <laughs> Yep, I can see his burning right into the wee hours. Actually, um, <laughs> you know, I can see he's looking quite tired some days, having some good discussions. Well, anyways, there's some music in the background. Steve is gone, which is uh, not bad, really. So I get to finish the show on my own. So no, you Steve, don't. I'm uh, back. Ah, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Say good night, quick, Ron. <laughs> good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen and Stephen. We'll right, good night. Good night. God bless. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us 